Welcome back. This is the I Get Buckets podcast, and as always, I'm your host, Simon Harricks, and I'm very privileged to have my man, my favorite person to come on the podcast. Don't tell all the others. Might be a lie. Nah. We're getting you back, and it's a pleasure to have my man, Dan Patania. It's an honor to be your favorite. Thanks, Simon. <laughs> no, nah, we've got the coach of Young, Dunn, and Broke. He's, he's doing things this season, and it's a very special podcast. We haven't done one for a while, but I wanted to what come- was the last one? Trade deadline. We had we had the trade deadline for us, but um, I did one, I think, a while ago. For us too, we did the trade deadline in yeah, the All-Stars. Yeah. So that was about a year ago now, a little Jesus. less. Yeah, so there was thing we've, we've talked a lot about our predictions and what's gone wrong and what's gone right. And I think it's a, a very good time. It's just about halfway through the season to, to get you in. And we're doing a kind of special thing. We haven't done it before, so we've... We've picked each five things that we've predicted wrong that's happened, five things that have predicted right, and we've each picked five things that we think are gonna are gonna happen. I found it out, really so. hard to narrow down everything I've been right about. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the opposite. <laughs> nah, um, it's it, it's funny. I think. With, with the predictions sometimes, you kind of have to be bold and, and put your name out for the stuff, but there's always going to be some things that kind of surprise you, whether it's in fantasy basketball and real life and, and things that you can feel good about that um, you said were, were going to happen and kind of puff your chest out a little bit. So this yeah. is the time for us to kind of go through it all. And I think it'll Should be we really... give a little bit of context to the listeners? Yeah, you, you, so, let's give it. Yeah. Um, I, just, I think it's important for you guys to know that Simon is the commissioner of our Fantasy Basketball League um, and he does a draft review of every single team in the league. And, well, it wouldn't be fair if Simon had to review his own team, so I do that for him. So we've always got a little bit of a uh, clash in what we think and, um, I don't know, I think think we're a good balance for each other. Would you agree? Like, times I'll say, nah. And you'll say yeah, and vice versa. Well, I need I need someone to bounce the ideas off and tell me when I'm either wrong or on point. And it's it's fun when we have um, some disagreements. So I think we're, there'll be some things that I got wrong that kind of transfer to your things that got right, and um, a couple of key players that we were going to get into that yeah. were um, among a lot of discussions that we had. And I think that um, a lot of people who are NBA fans have kind of had a discussion about as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to get into those, and um, I guess the key ones will be Trey Young and, and Brandon Ingram, which we've, we've had many discussions before <laughs> about. So um, not to kind of get too far ahead of ourselves, I think um, there's there's a lot of discussion about both those players um, for a lot of people. But um, I think it's it's interesting to see kind of where you were coming from and where I coming from, and um, it'll be one all I think when we go through. Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Like, <laughs> we okay. line up on a lot, like where I was right and you were wrong or vice versa. Like, yeah, yeah we've, we've sure. lined up a decent amount. Yep. All right. So um, do you want to start with what we got wrong? I think we'll just go kind of tit for tat or if you have um, anything well, burning. but Technically, the first two things that I want to talk about are Brandon Ingram and Trey. And for each of us, it's one thing that we got right and one thing that we got wrong. So... 
All right. Which player do you want to start on? Oh, well, how about we go with you're wrong, which is Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you you hit us off. Your your thoughts on what you had wrong about Brandon Ingram going into the season. Pre-season, um, I didn't know how much work he'd been putting into his shot. Um, also as well, he's always had a skill set that I don't admire, which is um, basically high scoring, okay rebounds and really low assists. What that suggests to me in general, and I saw it on the court as well, especially at the Lakers, um, is he didn't make the people around him better. He could, you know, if he got the ball in his hands, you knew the possession was basically going to end there. And like, for the same reason, I don't like that. I don't like people like Colin Sexton, Kyle Kuzma, people. Yeah. So, I didn't think he had it in him to change as much as he has this season. Like, it's been insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess some of the reasons why I was was quite bullish on him this year were similar to what you're saying in terms of his usage. But, like, I, I kind of I saw him last year kind of playing and, and, and felt, especially when LeBron wasn't on the court or injured, that there was a gravity around him where I could kind of see his skill set kind of transcending into um, – you know, that what we've kind of seen this season in a lot more kind of scoring threat, being able to get the ball to where he wants to do, adding a three-point range game. Um, I think last year um, he shot like 67% from the free-throw line and he's always – this is – he had the, the first three seasons he shot uh, all under um, 70% and this year he's at 86. So, like, I, I, I always kind of felt like that was um, something that was weird that he was shooting – that poorly that wasn't yeah. gonna gonna keep on going and I thought that the Pelicans were an interesting um, place for him to be. I know it's it's interesting we're gonna see when Zion comes back. Uh, we had a discussion if Brandon Ingram could lead the the team in scoring at the start of the year, and I guess thoughts were like potentially Drew Holiday and then Zion kind of well, into. But yeah, in the review that I wrote for you, um, I did mention the fact that I, I think the best way he could be utilised was as a scoring punch off the bench, um, especially because at that stage Zion hadn't been injured um, and it was looking like it was going to be really tight to fit all of their talent onto the court at one time. And, um, yeah, obviously things changed quite quickly with, with that injury and, um, yeah, Ingram has had no issues whatsoever with putting the offensive load on his back making plays for his boys, um, doing a whole bunch of things that I actually didn't think was possible for him. Yeah, I mean, like he's averaging 25.1 points a game. Uh, he's also got a career high in rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. It, like it's consistently free all across the yeah, Free throw percentage, <laughs> massively. What was um, it, like 13%? I, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. but Yeah, so he's shooting 86% um, from the line from this year. From 67. That's crazy. Yeah, which yeah. is... Um, a, a huge, huge leap, and more in the realm of, of someone you'd kind of think he's trying. And I mean, I get the other thing is like he's just getting to the line a little bit more. Last year, I actually did a lot of five point six, a little bit up five point eight this year. But um, it's kind of the the way he's attacking the three point shot. Um, he's shooting forty percent this year, up from thirty three last year, which is. But it's the attempts. He's, he's attempting six a game compared to. 1.8 last year, which yep. is crazy. Um, and a lot of it is his situation with the Pelicans and stuff like that. But 
it kind of harks back to our, our last podcast, which is weird, given it was so long ago. But we talked about the Anthony Davis trade and how it, at that time it, it kind of fallen through. And I guess it was um, at the time his argument, well, shouldn't you be holding out for Jason Tatum? He's such a much better than Brandon Ingram. And I think that was a fair argument and potentially still true. But you look at it now and back so, then I was saying you know, Brandon Ingram is going to become – such a gem that I, I really think the Pelicans should be trading the margin, Anthony Davis for that. But yeah, yeah, the margin overall has like really narrowed. Like it's it's ridiculous how much it's narrowed. Yeah, and like for me, Brandon Ingram was the key of the trade last season, and it fell through at the midpoint, and obviously it still went through. And I think as we're seeing, he's he's, he's the gem of that trade, and it'll be interesting to see in the off season how much um, he's going to get paid because. I think they're, <laughs> they're going to have to pay him a lot more than they would have if they did an agreement at the start of the year. But um, you do it. And I think the interesting one when we said we're right around with Brandon Ingram was comparing him to Lonzo Ball. And in our fantasy league, just doing a quick poll of people, everyone kind of had higher stock in Lonzo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was one of the few that was Ingram. And, I mean, Lonzo Ball was playing terrific at the moment. So um, it's no knock on him. But still, over the course of the season, Brandon Ingram's being – um, the guy, he's yeah. you know potential all star nod right now. He's been the fantasy leader for the Pelicans. So, is one thing that I like? I want to open up the question. Yeah, is has Brandon Ingram just been the best player on a bad team for most of the season, or is he lifting the Pelicans? Because that's that's a big question. Because I would say in in terms of um, really huge impact on wins and everything like that. Derek Favors and his defensive presence and everything like that. I know you love Favors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you love Favors. So, um, but like him and the difference of him being on and off the court has been ridiculous. So, is it? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I'm no, I think I think it's a, a fair question to ask, and I think the like the analytic stats aren't that fair on Ingram when you actually look at the on off. Um, but I, I do think when I watch him um, that it's not just a bad stats or good stats, bad bad team thing. I think he passes the eye test. Yeah, 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 exactly. When they keep saying about the eye test, I think the way he played last year was like a blueprint from him kind of doing it this year. And he's just got more more confidence, more trust from the coach. And um, at the start, he was kind of needed to do it a little bit, which um, was a, a perfect scenario for him to kind of – to to evolve a little bit and take that step to where we are right now. But, I mean, I do want to see the Pelicans um, be more competitive. I think they've been a little bit unlucky. And it's weird that looking at the standings, they're four games out of <laughs> eighth spot, which yeah. is weird. Um, and, I mean, by the time people might listen to that, Zion might be back playing. But he's what – they pushed it back. It was meant to be the Friday Australian time, but now yeah. it's meant to be what? 22nd, which is our 23rd. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll talk about it maybe later, but the West at the moment, um, you, could, you could make a case for any of the teams that have, other than the Warriors, that like they could still push for the eighth position. And that's in one of my future predictions, so we'll save that for later. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so... Uh, I'm, I'm choosing to withhold on that because I've got some future predictions as well. All right, yeah. sounds good. All right, we did 11 minutes on the first point of wrong. So. <laughs> 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 but... Um, We'll go quickly. Okay. So, actually, Simon, tell me why you were wrong on Trey. Why I was wrong on Trey? Yeah, so, what were you thinking be, uh, before the season started? 
Uh, so and I'll say why I, I was right. Okay, I bought into <laughs> the belief that um, I didn't want to take the last twenty games of last season with too much um, kind of impact on on where I put him. I kind of put some of the stuff that he was doing late in the season as like a I don't know how to feel about it because the games were a little bit meaningless. Um, so I, I came with the belief that I think that Trey Young is going to be very important to obviously Atlanta, and he's got a, an unbelievable skill set. But I, I didn't, I didn't 100% get on board that the 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 three point percentage was going to trend the way that it did. Um, I didn't buy into the fact that a lot of these open shots were good looks, and that this would kind of flow into a problem with the Atlanta Hawks. And I think the latter part of that is kind of panned as correct. The Hawks have been awful, but watching Trey Young in terms of what he's doing in fantasy and what he's doing on the offense has been um, quite spectacular. And the shots that he's taking, the the clip that he's hitting them, they're not, they're not bad shots anymore. Like I, I feel like when, when he gets his, his positioning and his feet and the you can't give him an inch and he's been so good at picking apart some of the the way that the defense is spreading on him and, and kind of picking his poison and making these shots at such a respectable rate that um, it opens up a lot of the the rest of the offense and I think those the reasons why I had him kind of pegged as I didn't want to go too early on fantasy have kind of played out with their defensive rating um, you know being so bad their offensive rating so much better with him on the floor but it's still um i think we'll look it up but it's still in the bottom kind of um area it's still 29th their offensive rating but if you when you take um trey young off the court it's i think 92 which is for comparison um golden state is 102 as the worst offensive rating so a 92 offensive rating is absolutely disgusting (laughs) so (laughs) Um, they're quite reliant on him for the offense to go. I don't. But. I don't think that's really. Sorry. Um, one of the things that I think has worked in his favor in terms of being such a um, explosion offensively is the fact that John Collins was suspended. Um, so I think a little bit of that has to play into how we evaluate his impact overall and what he's been doing. Um, but like going into the season for me, it was him. It was John Collins, and then there was a mediocre backup in terms of Kevin Herter. Other than that, like I didn't see too much that the um, that could get in his way of production. So yeah, I bought in, and I bought in hard. And yeah, I I, I caught, at the start of last season, I called him as dark horse for rookie of the year, and he sort of proved that right in the second half of the season. And I didn't see any reason for him to not continue that. Um, I also like I'm a bit of a sucker for highlight reels. I, I yeah. like I love Trey Young's dimes that he can just do. There's no look passes, his nutmegs, everything like that, and it just made me go, "Yep, I'm going. I'm yeah. going all in." <laughs> and I mean, uh, I get that, and I think. For me to not think um, he was a top five round player was completely wrong, given he's a top twenty player really now in our league. But I mean, my my thing is like if you watched um, Facebook and, and Instagram, you'd think that he's had you know twelve buzzer beaters this year, and they've only won nine games. Like <laughs> the highlight reels can be a little bit yeah. um, misleading yeah. when you you see all these like Trey Young highlights. Like, oh my god! And then you look at the game like, oh, well, they lost by twelve points. Like. Um, but in terms of 
him as a player and him um, he's better than what I kind of uh, gave him. And in terms of fantasy, he's well, I, he, I mean, he's a, a top three round player next year for yep. me. Like, uh, and moving forward, and which actually sort of goes into I've got a little thing. It's a little bit of a segue. Um, do you think Jar top three fantasy prospect next year? Next year, because he's looking to me like. Nick, uh, like basically the comparisons for me and Trey Young, Jar, yeah, and things he he's done he's done relatively well because I did I really I, this is something that I wrote down as wrong is I was wrong on how efficient he was going to be this season on Jar in, yeah. yeah on Jar in general yeah well we we can segue into my next wrong because it's basically exactly what I've got down um in terms of I think this year I've kind of I went. I looked too young in fantasy early rounds, kind of really keen on finding those sleepers and those people who were like, oh, these are the second, third year guys that, that need to make the that last jump. last couple drafts though, man, like I, I don't blame you in the slightest because they've been they're full of gems. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, that that's kind of, I think, where I've, a little bit of a fall down in terms of um, potentially I need a balance and I've overlooked some of the older guys who are just killing it this year in fantasy, like... Guys like your Stephen Adams or your um, Lamarcus Aldridge, and even one of your guys, Jonas Valanciunas, who's who's been doing. I think like I get sucked in, and maybe will potentially happen next year with Morant. We need to look at what he's averaging at the end of the year. Know that a lot of these guys who are rookie of the year or burst out of the blocks, sometimes their second year jump isn't as much as you'd hope. Because um, been Mitchell, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I. Just a good example for me, I think. I look at um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander at the moment. Yeah. All of our coaches are just drooling over like how good he's been. And he's averaging about 20 in our league in terms of fantasy points. And I look at someone like Chris Middleton, who's averaging 21, and everyone's just like, I oh, yeah, it's Chris Middleton. He does what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And like Chris got drafted, I think, only like six or seven before Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Everything's gone right for SGA to pan out, and it's been heralded such a good pick, but... You know, when you look at just like raw out, like input, these guys like Chris Middleton who kind of go under the radar um, are still giving you that kind of value f- for pick. And yep. I think this year I went really early on someone like Larry Mark and I think, thought was going to make the jump. Um, I went a little bit early. Um, I think Wendell Carter Jr. was good, but I've, I've gone early on like these young guys um, and then everyone else is snapping up. Um, these guys are just churning out, yep. to, you know, Solid Try and true run. veterans. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they've been two of my wrong ones. <laughs> uh, while we're sort of there and we're still talking about wrongs, I want to go back to Atlanta a little bit. And I know this was one of your rights because yep. I was right on Trey Young um, and, you know, how he's really taken the next oh, – or maybe not the next step, but he's continued his role from last season. Um, but I was wrong on Atlanta. I thought they'd do a lot better than they did. Uh, or they are doing, you know, I, I keep looking at the team and I go, why aren't, and I know it comes down to defense, um, but I, I just go, what are you doing so wrong? Yeah. You've got, you've got some really good pieces there. But I, th- I think, and that's where we have the opposite and the right, like I think they're just young and they're, they're still learning. I've still got a lot of question marks around um, if Trey Young's such a big part of your, your you know, offense what's the ceiling on this? And I mean, I don't have the answer, but I know like out of their, um, 
out of the, the five kind of lineups that they play the most in terms of minutes, Trey Young's in like 16 of their top 20. Um, he, he's such like a focal um, point of everything they do that, and it's it's small sample size, and they'll have advanced analytics on on some of the stuff. But as an outsider looking in, and for the sake of the podcast, I think there's questions you could say around their winning potential, focusing everything and building around Trey Young. And I think the reason why they they you know drafted DeAndre Hunter and um, Reddish and kind of potentially got into Parry Parker, they're, they're building around Trey Young, which I think is the right thing to do. That's what you do when you're a small market team and you draft someone you think's got this, but is it going to contribute to winning? At this stage, the answer is no. <clears throat> no, but. definitely not. I, I think the their record speaks volumes to that. And I think they've 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 lost some close games, but there's also been games we've watched them and like I, um, other than Trey Young just jacking, I don't know how you're going to yeah. score. Um, obviously, defense is <laughs> a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, at Atlanta, but yeah. On the other side of things, where I thought they would do better, I actually thought Miami was going to do worse. Um, I, yeah. I, I just I looked at them and I've gone, okay, Butler, cool. Um, and I, I, I did think Bam could take the, the next step as well, especially with White's out of the picture and everything. But to the level that they've been achieving is just ridiculous. What are they, second in the East? Um, let's get it up. They are definitely second. Second yep. in the East. They're yeah. 28 and 12, which is... Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot better than I thought. You know, I I bought into the heat a little bit because um, a lot of like NBA kind of writers were like really saying how good the heat was. And um, I don't like to just, you know, copy well, like, and paste some of the stuff, but you got sucked in to think, well, I think the heat might be all right. What, were, what sort of made sense to you? <sighs> the projection of BAM, I didn't see coming this much, but no. I liked I liked the kind of their balance with... Um, Butler obviously in the mix and Bam and it's weird like I thought Winslow would be such a big part and he has barely played at all so um, obviously that's got nothing to do with how they're playing but Dragic has been good yeah they've got um, a whole bunch of mid-tier players that yeah. step up when they need it and obviously Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero have been um, you know good as kind of gunners and yeah um, I, just, I think there's, there's something about just like winning that Jimmy Butler knows and does and yeah. I think the Heat organization they're Obviously, they coach very well with Alex, Eric Spolster, and I think the, the team's just kind of like built within structures to to kind of to win. If you've got someone like Jimmy Butler, and um, it's happened, so it'll be interesting in playoffs. I'm not sure if you you think that they're a real kind of sneaky East team, but um, I uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the top four are in the running for Eastern Conference. But um, far and away, my favourites in the East are Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I don't see how any team can really get around them. I'm probably with you on that one. Um, do you have another wrong, or is it my turn? Um, well, yeah, actually, I was a little bit, and while we're still on the topic of teams, I was wrong on Charlotte being, I, I thought they'd be a lot shitter than they are. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they're not. I'm glad they've sort of um, taken the step, but I didn't see the the, what do you call it, the explosion from Devontae Graham. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I thought, you know, their off-season decision and what, how much did Terry Rozier get signed for? Like 66 million or 57 million, whatever it, it you was. Keep so, it was. I'll look it up. It was a lot of yeah, money. It was, yeah. f- for me, I looked at it and I've gone, what the hell are they doing? Um, 
you know, they, they let Kemba Walker work, walk, Kemba Walker, walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a tough one. But um, so I thought they'd be a lot shitter than they are. And also as well, I, I didn't think PJ Washington would take the step that, well, actually he's a rookie, but yeah. I didn't think he'd have the impact that he has had so far. Um, and on the opposite side of things, I thought OKC would be a bit shit and they turned out to be pretty good as well. Yeah. yeah. So Terry is getting paid about $55 million over three years. Yeah. That's... So he's $19 million this year and then it goes down a little bit each year. Like um, A lot of money. I know he thinks he's the man, but I don't. <laughs> he's played a little bit better as, as a late, but I was the same yeah. at the start. I, yeah. thought, I thought Washington and um, Charlotte would be quite bad. Um, and I mean, we say this when Charlotte's lost um, six in a row at this stage. They're fifteen and twenty-nine, but they're not as bad. They're not. They're not, they're not as bad. bad as I thought. I mean, they're not Atlanta bad. <laughs> they're fifteen and twenty-nine, and they're eleventh right now in the East. So I mean, they're better than four other teams as as we record. So yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think um, their kind of balance has been good, and then they're not really playing. Um, Oh, like Michael Kidd Gilchrist is not that he's been any good, but um, there's these guys that they've got all these money tied up on that they're they're barely playing. You know, they're, they're playing guys who Devonte is getting 1.5 this year. Um, Cody Martin's been kind of cool, 1.1. PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Malik Bunk, they're on like rookie deals. Is Bismack coming off this year? Because yeah, he's, he's, he's in his last year. He's getting paid yeah. 17 million. That comes off. Marvin Williams is fifteen million comes off, and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is thirteen million comes off this year. Yeah, so they're wiping a whole bunch, but for probably the wrong free agency. Yeah, <laughs> unless you want to um, throw money at Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got he's got a player option on Drummond just while we're on the topic. Yeah, twenty eight million. Yeah, I think he should opt in. I don't know who's going to pay him that much money. No, I don't either. But. I don't know. First is whether he gets he, he gets traded or not, but yeah. um, I don't know if I'm Atlanta, New York, Detroit, obviously, and Charlotte. Like we've got teams that have space. I don't know what I want to pay him. Um, well, if he gets traded, wherever he goes to, he's going to opt in. Like he'd be. He's. He. I mean, his agent is talking like he will opt out, and they're expecting like a near max deal. But I just. I don't. I don't see that. Well, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. He's 26 years old. Yeah, However, he's younger than you think. Yeah, but he's an old school center. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, that's and I don't know if old school centers demand the contract that they did a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I can't who remember can what. You see, who can you see paying top dollar for him? Knicks, Knicks. We we had a conversation about the Knicks before. Um, I I mean, if if the Knicks really kind of look hard at their their team and, and Mitch Robertson, and they're seeing something about Mitch. I mean, obviously everyone's kind of a bit high on him, but there's issues with his foul rate and all this stuff. If they they really look and say, you know what, I don't think the the ceiling on Mitch is 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 that of what we kind of need. Um, and then they want to say, you know, we've had trouble bringing in guys, even though we're New York Knicks and we're you know the largest market. Let's bring in Drummond. Let's um, see how it kind of goes. At least we can kind of potentially pay and keep him. I don't think it's the right move, but I'm just saying it's a potential. If that's if that's what they're going down, that'd be the thought process. Yeah. Can I? Can we stay on the Knicks for just a second? Because there's a couple of things that I was right about. 
Yeah, let's um, do it. Let's just jump all over. I'm happy. Yeah, all right. Well, right. Um, I was right about Fisdale getting fired. Yeah. I had a pretty uh, – like his just – his rotations don't make sense. Um, he wasn't winning in the slightest. He wasn't making the most of the talent um, that he had in the roster. And the Knicks are a mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing that was right when it comes down to the Knicks is I, I, a lot of people were talking up RJ Barrett. Yeah. It, and I know they were, you know, tanking for Zion and everything and that didn't work out. And they got the third pick and they got RJ and then they were all in on him and everything like that. But um, like his field goal percentage has been woeful. You'd know as an owner of him <laughs> in fantasy. It has been. Yep. That's um, so but yeah. Uh, he's, just, he, he's just basically, he's gotten stats by being on the floor for as long as he has been. Um, he's hasn't made the best decisions while he's been on the court. However, he like I will give him credit where credit's due. He's been a bit of an offensive punch where they've needed it. In some games, he's he's stepped up. Um, it just hasn't been consistent enough. Yeah, I think there's growing pains with him. Yeah, and I think the situation is probably not ideal. Um, but yeah, you, he's shooting you know forty two percent from two, thirty two percent from three, and sixty percent from free throw. And that's actually gone up in the past week. Um, I think there's something to work with there. But um, if you redrafted now, would you take him three? I don't know. I, there's, I'd probably there's Brandon a, Clark, PJ Washington, um, even like Seku Dumboya, who's stepping up in the absence of Blake Griffin. I mean, I I, um, I, I take I take RJ Barrett over, over him, but I mean, you could make a case for guys like Rui Hachimura or Jarrett Culver or stuff like that. Yeah, Culver's a really good one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think you got to uh, you got to uh, actually. You know what? I'm I'm buying into. I'm jumping on the Seku train. Oh, yeah, 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 I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone all in. Um, I, I, at risk of talking about fantasy a little bit too much, um, I've really enjoyed what he's been doing. Um, he's he's producing in a variety of different ways, um, mainly scoring and rebounds, um, but he's, he's a defensive presence as well. And I think, I don't I, I'll it might be like one of my outlandish predictions, but I think he's going to have more of an impact for Detroit this season than Blake Griffin did. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, potentially. Yeah. I mean, Blake Griffin's been an absolute zero um, this season. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I, I mean, I like, sometimes it's all that situation. Mm-hmm. And now that there's a, a wide kind of open hole. Um, I think Detroit are thinking of the future without Andre Drummond based on some of their rotations of the past couple of games. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. It'd be, I mean, he'd be one of those ones that kind of may fall into an all-rookie um, se- like second team just because of you know the amount of minutes he's played Yeah, um, if he gets the opportunity to, to finish out the year. So I think it's interesting. Like sticking on Knicks, another one that I had wrong and in no way did I want to talk about the Knicks for, for that long, but... <laughs> I had Julius Randle as one of my wrongs. Um, just given, like, I, I thought the Knicks were going to be bad. Um, I didn't think they were going to win many games, but I was a bit shocked that, that, that Randle didn't have a bigger market in free agency. And I, I thought he, he could be quite good with the Knicks. Um, but recently, some of the numbers are trending up. But when you, when you kind of watch. Can we backtrack just a little him? bit? Yeah. Um, did you think that he'd sign with 
the Knicks or like where did you think he was going to go in the off season before he made his signing? Uh, it's a good question. I'm not sure. I can't remember some of the teams that had money. I like I wasn't shocked that he was signed there, but it was more the the kind of deal he had. It was only like a um, I have to look it up, but it wasn't like too long term, was it? I thought one of the Three reasons. Three years, sixty. Yeah, maybe it's, a little bit less than that. It's more yeah. just like it's not even been like you know, LA didn't want to sign him for the money. Pelicans got him, didn't want to keep him. He kind of fell to the Knicks on a weird kind of deal. He's just been kind well, of bounced around. You know what I think it was a result of is they Knicks failed on tanking for Zion, just the way the lottery panned out. Yeah. Um, then. They failed in the free agency. They did not make any big name um, signings, and there were a fair few on the market. And then they got they've gone. All right, let's just go all in on Randall. And yeah, it may, may not have been the best decision, and but like the fact is they they paid him, and you think they would have opened up a few more opportunities for him at times. So there's been a few fluctuations with his minutes. Um, not to mention that he's like. When he's been on the court, he hasn't always been the best producer um, yeah. in terms of field goal percentage and stuff. They were playing a lot of – while Fisdale was in charge, they were playing a lot of, I guess, like ISO plays and letting him do his thing, bully ball and 360 spins and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, yep. And it just didn't – it didn't always result in anything good. But Yeah, well, he, got, he ended up looking at – like he got that $60 million over three or 58 or something like that. So he actually did get kind of paid. So yeah. um, I probably shouldn't be too shocked that – I mean, the market, but it was more just like I thought the the stats would be there more, and he kind of contribute to a little bit more winning than he has done. Um, I think when you kind of watch him and give him the eye test and what we say, like it's just he's quite really frustrating. Like I, I don't know his role on some of the offense sometimes. I'm, I, and he just like seems like he's a little bit lazy, and I feel like I'm I keep drafting guys I, I watch on defense and. Whether it's Drummond, who I'm just speaking about, or sometimes even Markin, and like these guys that I just feel like, I'm, you know, are not making the rotations, are settling sometimes. You guys, you like guys who um, work hard for every stat that they get on the board. Oh yeah, I'm all just, about the hustle players. So Mar- Mar- yeah. Marcus Smart is one of my favorite players <laughs> of all time. Um, I used to love Rondé Hollis Jefferson, like when he was a Nets guy. Yeah. Um, you might be onto something there, yeah. but I just I, I watch I watch Julius Randle and I watch Drummond and I try to do it a bit because they were two of my first four picks, um, and they just frustrated me so much this year. So I can't even imagine what it's like as a Knicks fan to watch Julius Randle. But um, moving on, I have a couple of team ones for wrong. Okay, go for it. So I really struggled this year doing my standings in the West for the eighth seed on who was going to come up. So I, I tipped Spurs to fall out and I tipped the Trailblazers to fall out. And New Orleans to be in? Well, I tipped the Kings to be in. Okay, Kings, yeah. And this is where I'm wrong right now because I didn't tip the Dallas. So I had Dallas and Kings kind of um, as two of my ones. I think I had ten, potentially Pelicans at two. But I went with the Kings over Dallas and I think obviously that's wrong right now. I yeah. mean, Dallas are doing so well. The whole Luka thing has been blown up. Um, I know the Kings have not really had been healthy. Marvin Bagley hasn't really played as much. Obviously, Jaron Fox was out. I feel like sometimes when you watch the games, they've been a little bit unlucky. They've they've lost a lot of close ones. They're um, second bottom in the West when we speak today, and they're fifteen and twenty six. But I mean, I think I think they could easily be like eighteen and 
23. And, I mean, that would put them in ninth position right now instead of 14th. That's how close the bottom is. Yeah. But, I mean, as we as we stand here now, that's wrong. I got wrong because Mavericks are 26 and 15 and they're killing it. Mm. Um, you got any other more? I've got, only got, um, I've got one more wrong. So I, I'm out of the wrongs. All right. Um, last, uh, But, like, I was just to sort of piggyback onto that Yeah. Um, really quick. I was wrong about New Orleans. I thought that um, – and this was pre – I'm going back to pre-Zion injury. I thought they'd be a real force and, and – not necessarily be pushing to the top of the Western Conference, but um, you know, sitting pretty in sixth or seventh. Yeah, um, I just, I just, I had faith. Um, we get to see the impact of Zion, but yeah. Yeah, well, they're another one. They're they're the same record as the Kings right now, so yeah. they they've been so bad. Overwhelming, yeah. Even but Drew's taken a little bit of a step off. Yeah, um, Lonzo, while he's starting to get good now, is like, yeah, not meeting expectations, Zion injury. Ingram has been great. He's been a bright spark, favours with the death of his mother and taking ages to come back and then he's been on and off injured, illness, whatever it might be. Yeah, well, I mean, to get back to favours, when he's when he's played, they've, they've looked like a different team all yeah, the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I think the Pelicans, the Kings, the Wolves and the Suns who started so well, they're in that like four of the bottom five spots and you know, they're a win streak away, but um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the other wrong I had, um, and I had marked down, because we always, it's sometimes it's fun to talk about the Bulls. Um, I didn't think they were going to be good. I just thought they'd be fun mm. this year. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I looked at their roster at the start of the year, and we just said, like, I was, you know, Mark, and I thought, I drafted Wendell Carter too. I mean, I was big on him. Levine. I, I thought the Levine show, I think yeah. they're three-headed kind of point guard. Sato, especially yeah. after his um, FIBA World Cup performances. Yeah. When we talk yeah. about three-headed point guards, we, we, we're talking about OKC with the, obviously, um, Paul, SGA, and um, Schroeder. But I looked at, like, the Bulls as a little bit of a, you know, they had done um, Sadoransky and Levine? Kobe White was oh, the Kobe one White. I was yeah, thinking. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But um, I thought, you know, that'd be fun this year. That'd be yeah. really cool to watch. That these kind of young guys, obviously, um, Otto Porter, who's been injured all year, I thought that was kind of like interesting. I thought they'd be at least like a, a frisky kind of team in the East, but like watching them, I just I feel I don't know, I feel sad sometimes. They're <laughs> 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 they're literally ninth right now, looking at the standings, which blows my mind. They're fifteen and twenty-seven, but um, I feel <laughs> I, I, I look at the Kings who have a similar record, and I feel really positive about it. I look at the Bulls with a similar record, and I I've, I have no feeling of, of positive. I don't think they're any good. Am what's, I, the, what's the source of your negativity? Um, just like when I'm watching them, I don't I don't think I th- I think they give up leads really easily. Like, yeah. um, I don't trust. They look lost offensively. Yeah, they are, they're all right defensively. I think Dunn's sort of holding them up a little bit there. However, but um, there's a yeah, big just, thing with their coach right now. Yeah, Boylan. Yeah, yeah. that's that's who I point to. I mean, I don't think. It, I mean, you don't want to just look at like um, the Instagram views, but it, it does feel like there's been unrest all season. Um, obviously, Wendell Carter's out now for the next month, but it didn't feel like he was getting enough shots. Um, I like Levine when he's ticking, but there's, I don't know. It would be interesting to get kind of feedback for other people, but when I just watch um, the Bulls, I don't, I don't feel confident that they're, they're going to be um, what people were excited for at the start of the season. So, 
we're, we're, we're kind of churning through them, which is good because I was worried. <laughs> but um, we'll go we'll go to right. And is there anything you want to talk about before? Well, um, just to quickly recap for you guys, um, wrong. I was wrong about Brandon Ingram. I was wrong about Jar's efficiency. I was wrong about Miami and how well they'd be doing in Atlanta and how shit they'd be doing. Um, I was wrong about New Orleans. I thought they'd be pushing for a playoff spot more than they are. And, yeah, we also spoke about Charlotte and OKC. Right, I was right about Trey. Um, I was right to jump off the RJ Barrett hype train. And I was right about Fisdale getting fired. I just, his rotations, um, his plays that he ran, a whole bunch of things just didn't make sense. Um, the other thing, and yeah, going back to fantasy, uh, when Zion went down preseason, I was like, okay, who do I pick up? And one of the things that I was right about, and I, th- I think I've been pushing for a few n- years now, is Van Vliet. Um, yeah, man. There were he wasn't looking the best throughout the you know first part of the playoff run for Raptors last year, and then he had the birth of his child. Yeah, and it didn't. It seemed like he couldn't miss a shot after that, and he saw Daddy it. Van Vliet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll put a baby, I'll take a baby for him <laughs> if he's going to continue that type of production. Mm. Um, so I'll, I was I was right, but like I've drafted him in the past. I've um, seen the, the, the raw talent that he's had and he seemed to be able to put it together over the course of this season, which has been really, really good to see. Um, he's helped carry my fantasy team um, through stints of this season, especially when, um, you know, there's been times where some of my high picks have gone down uh, or, or things like that. Um, but he's just also been a real joy to watch on the court. Uh, like if you've listened to the podcast in the past, I've, I'm a Raptors supporter. <clears throat> um, I'm a Van Vliet believer. Yeah. And <laughs> I love yeah, it. Oh, what was it? I, I said it um, on the back of his, his, the first game of the season that he had was huge. And I said something along the lines of steady Freddie always ready. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just so good to see him, uh, you know, take that step. Um, I wouldn't put him in the like race for most improved or anything like that. However, he's just for a team that I love and a player that I love to see him taking the steps that he has. It's been great. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I mean, Everyone did the same. So summarize. I was wrong about Trey. I was wrong about the Kings over Dallas. Um, I was wrong about the Bulls being fun, not good, just fun. <laughs> um, and I was also wrong about some of the the kind of way I viewed my fantasy rankings this year. I think skewing a little bit young, or at least putting my faith into the wrong young players a little bit. Um, and I think it'll be, it might be a lesson for next year in terms of um, which kind of guys that we do overlook who are you know settle into role into their fifth or sixth or even seventh year um, and where we kind of place them in our rankings will be interesting. But things that I got right, because I did get a few, it wasn't all wrong. I just want to, <laughs> um, the, I'll, I, I've always been a big kind of believer and I've, I've said a few times on the, the podcast about the, the East versus West in terms of balancing out. Um, I don't really feel too strongly about reseeding when we get there. But I, I think some of the overreaction in terms of how better the West was this year was a little bit wrong. And I think when we look at the top six of the, the East and the West, 
Um, right now, Mavericks are six in the West with 26 wins, and the Sixers are six in the West with 26 wins. So I think comparably, the top six are, are quite strong on either mm-hmm. either side. And I think we've seen the Rockets probably maybe not be as as amazing as people thought. I know the Westbrook thing was weird, but I think people still thought they were going to win. The Clippers have obviously struggled. I know playoffs, it might be a different ball game for them, but compared to the East, I mean... Did you think, just while uh, you mentioned the Clippers, did you think Kawhi was going to rest as much as he did this, uh, as he has so far this year? Well, yes, because my next right point, and we'll jump straight into it because... Um, with the time, my next right one I had down was Kawhi Leonard's no longer a. Even though you could make a very strong argument that he was the best player in the world after last season, he's not a, a first round fantasy option. You just no. you, you can't yep, you can't I pick agree. him. He, he's I mean he's played thirty games this year. I think we'll get it up. He's yeah, he's played thirty. He's uh, looking to miss um, the next like five or four or five back to backs. Yeah, and it's one of those games. He's yeah. always, he doesn't play after last year. Given it was so successful, like that's the roadmap. Yeah, the Raptors have made the roadmap roadmap for his career on how they're going to manage him. Um, and they don't like to call it load management because it's not resting; it's injury prevention. I think is the kind of words. Mm-hmm. So I don't like you saying load management, but this is this is the reality. And right now, they don't care. Like, given how successful it was last year, and given. Kawhi's kind of say over his own health and what he does. Like, well, he he came out and he said, "I would not be here if I didn't have, um, you know, that time off over the season." Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I I have no qualms with him doing that. Um, as a fan, it's frustrating. Um, but as a fantasy coach, there's, you just you can't. I'm not going to pick him top fifteen. No, because per game stud. Um, season long dud. You're basically you, you're basically like erasing um, point eight of a game on on his weekly thing for the exact same reason that I I wouldn't pick Joel in the first round um, is the same reason I, I won't be picking Kawhi in the first round anymore. Um, I will be speaking a little bit more about future rankings and stuff like that when I do you know like uh, the predictions stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I actually didn't think Kawhi would rest as much as he has, um, but I did think that it was going to take place to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the only one I've got left on my right, and I haven't got an asterisk on it, was not having the Spurs in my top eight. And I feel I feel scared of even saying this <laughs> halfway through because um, they've been playing quite well, and we've still got such a long time to go this season. But everyone's like, I'm not going to count the Spurs out until um, they're, they're out. Like, they've just been so good. They've made the playoffs so many years in a row. But this year, I kind of put myself inside. I don't think the Spurs are going to make it. At this stage, they're not. I really think, I mean, I'll, I'll stick with it. I don't think they're going to make it. Um, so I'm going to put that as a right for now. But it can very easily be wrong in um, a few months' time. <laughs> yeah. Well, my right, and again, it could Actually, you know what? I think it will actually continue to be right. Um, and it's my last one as well was Indiana. I hadn't really heard too many people hyping them up um, and stuff. But, uh, like, I just like the moves that they made, the acquisition of Brogdon, um, you know, with I like Aaron Holiday as a young prospect. Um, a really strong front court in Sabonis and Turner, even though Turner hasn't been 
spectacular Sabonis has. Yeah. Um, so I think he's more than made up for that. So I like I thought they'd be doing well. I think they're sitting what sixth in the East. Um, higher than that, they are fifth. Fifth, fifth in the East. Um, but only just they're half a game above um, Sixers. I didn't really have a doubt that they, yeah, be out of it at all. Um, even like I really like TJ Warren. <laughs> yeah, no, um, just handy. just an, as an offensive punch, not not as like an all around amazing player, but he's just. He, He's there when they need him. Jeremy Lamb as well, picking him up from Charlotte. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was crazy that they let him walk. Um, so, yeah, just that they made a lot of sense. And they uh, and then, you know, they've been achieving on the back of having Victor Oladipo out. Yeah, you know? 100%. I yeah. think they're, they're, they're kind of juicy going yeah. in. So, yeah. um, I think – so we've got a little bit of time left, um, next 15 minutes or so. I think we'll quickly go through our um, – our future picks, which are yeah, yeah. probably the most fun thing, but but quickly, I, I, I just want to say, like, as I was putting this list together today, I, I completely discounted Golden State. Like, um, I had them in my eight when we were thinking of mm-hmm. before. Yeah, it wasn't Pelicans; it was Golden State. I had them in, um, and obviously, I, I drafted Stephen Curry, and. I, I, like I, I didn't want to put that in a wrong thing because I think the whole injury stuff has just been kind of derailed their season and their priorities changed um, very quickly. Um, so I don't want to take an L on that, but I just want to say like, you, if you want to be really harsh, <laughs> I, I definitely got the Golden State thing wrong. But yeah, all right. So do you want to do you want to bang through your predictions or you want to go tit for tat? Um. Well, okay. Well, we may as well. As- We've got 10 minutes. So. Okay, so uh, like I'll start on who I think is going to make the Western Conference winners and Eastern Conference winners. Let's do um, it. If you ask me at the start of the season, Clippers. If you ask me now, Clippers, but I'm really starting to think Lakers, just the way that I, don't, I didn't think LeBron had it in him. Yeah. Um, and he has just been absolutely outstanding. Um, I still I want to get around AD. I just I can't. As much as I, I, in the same vein as I'm not on the RJ Barrett train, I'm not on the AD train, and I know he's amazing. I can't question his production and all that sort of stuff. I just, yeah. But so, um, anyway, basically, through all of that, I still think the Clippers are going to take out the West, but I can't count out that LeBron factor. So it's it it's a LA race for me. Yep. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that the Bucks will take out the East, um, and that could come down to an East Conference Final with any of 76ers, Celtics, um, Heat, Raptors, because I love them. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that'd be good. Um, but yeah, like I, I can't see anyone knocking out the Bucks. Um, yeah, what about you? Did you have any predictions in in that vein? Um, I, I didn't do any predictions in terms of who's going to win, but going on um, my wrong pick of the Kings, um, I do think they're going to make a, right, a late run. I yep. think out of the teams that are so like bunched together at the West, um, I think it's very plausible that one of them get on a little bit of a, a, a run and, and really push for, for the seventh or the eighth seed. And my head says that um, Trailblazers are at best positioned. I think... When you come down to the nitty gritty, and when it's you know within one or two games, star power is just so valuable, and and Damian Lillard is that good that um, you know he's worth that little bit of edge that's going to get them. But 
I just um, it'd be silly not to think to, that you can. St- I should stick with my my original pick, especially. <laughs> you don't want to jump off halfway through and say now that they're healthy, Marvin Bagley. Hopefully, knock on wood, is all good. Um, that the Kings. I still I still really like their roster, and I think they're they're better than a few of the other teams that they're looking at, and um, they could they Kings could make a run. Kings or Spurs? Oh well, for the sake of this, I'll go Kings. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll I'll stick true to the hard and fast rule that you never count up the Spurs. So Spurs. That's good. I think <laughs> you, that's smart. I'm 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 being the idiot right now, but I mean, you got to put you out there and. Um, People might listen and go, oh, that's interesting. And um, hopefully they forget about it when I'm yeah. wrong. So <laughs> so just quick, um, overall, who's going who's gonna to win this year? Who's going to take oh, out the championship? Um, I tipped the Clippers at the start, and I'm not feeling as good as I was. But um, might be might be the Bucks time. Yeah, Bucks for me too. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, what about most improved player? Okay, so my next future pick, and I don't think he's going to win um, – most improved, but the one I got down here, as in future things are going to happen. I think Kelly Oubre, the the whole Kelly Oubre thing's real. Um, I watch him. I I really like how he's playing at the moment. I think the the three point shot is, is is a real threat. I think he's active on defense. I think he's in the right team. He's getting boards, man. He's getting boards. Um, I've got down here. He's got a very good late push for most improved. Um, I think Schroeder's another very dark horse. Um, I don't know who do you have. There? Brandon Ingram's my most improved man. I mean, I love Brandon. How can you how can you count out like a nineteen percent? I think um, he's... free throw rate. Oh, sorry, not free throw. <laughs> uh, free throw percentage alone, let alone what he what he's done and um, how he's been able to just put the Pelicans on his shoulders. Yeah, I've, I've got him win. I've, I think Pascal Siakam definitely needs recognition for for the leap he's made, even though he won it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird that you'd win. Back to back, but um, Devontae Graham, hundred percent. You yeah. got to talk about Devontae Graham. That's a really yeah. good one. He's been he's been that good this year. Um, but for the sake of what I had down, is I just wanted I wanted to squeeze Kelly Oubre into a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, he's a handsome motherfucker. <laughs> uh, tsunami puppy is just, yeah, that's his Twitter handle, I think. Um, but. Should I just bang through a couple of the ones I've got future, or do you want to? Yeah, well, the next one I've got, uh, I've got Giannis as MVP. Um, I just think, even in his, because he's playing less minutes than he was last season. Yeah. Um, and he is still producing at an unbelievable rate. Um, his advanced metrics are through the roof, and I'm I, I'm much more than the like. I, I like looking more into the advanced stuff rather than the popcorn stats. Yeah. Um, That's why so, we have you on, mate. <laughs> um, just, yeah, his, his efficiency, uh, he makes people better around him. He is taking and making threes at a higher clip. Um, he's just, he's a workhorse and everything like that. Uh, I just, I can't count him out. Although, um, maybe for all, all time's sake, I want to say that LeBron is well and truly in the race this year as well for MVP. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm 100% with you. I think the last podcast um, we did, which was a while ago, unfortunately, we need to do more. Yeah. Um, but I, I went on a 10-minute rant about how James Harden may had a, a bigger case than people thought last yeah. year. But I don't feel that this year. I think yeah. Giannis is a runaway, and I think the LeBron call is very good because – 
Um, he's been so much better than than people were thought. And I think when you look back on some of the careers, probably LeBron's probably one or two MVPs short than what he probably should be. Um, and I think there was a lot of Anthony Davis um, MVP talk, but he's been amazing. But I, I, I'm with you. If I had to yeah. pick one, LeBron's the guy. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to – yeah, you go my out. Last one. You go out on my yours. last one. Uh, it's some future draft picks and rankings for fantasy. Um, I – for the foreseeable future, as in the rest of his career until the twilight years, Doncic will not be leaving the first round. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> We've had so much argument look, about this. It's not even first round. He's top five. Top five. For the next 10 years. 10 years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, he's, he's breaking records. Uh, without going into it too much, there's been a lot of controversy around <laughs> And um, <laughs> I should just leave it at that, shouldn't I? Oh, no. Yeah. Just, there's been a lot of talk about his value, and I think yeah. you're right. Like, he's... He's been transcendent, not yep. in real life, but only in fantasy. And um, I said to, to you, um, I'd trade him for maybe Giannis or Harden right yep. now, and that's it. Yeah, that's the only two guys. I'm, if I'm, I'm, I want getting, I back. added AD and LeBron to that mix, and um, I think uh, that's fair. Yeah. And I think the cat was the other one, yeah, which I think is 100 percent fair that they're in the conversation. But um, the, the only two no-brainers for me would be yeah. Giannis and Harden. And, and and going forward into next year, like I, I think the first eight, it, barring too many changes to the league and trades and stuff like that, are basically set um, with yeah w- with the way that the um, rosters are all panning out. I won't go through them all right now, but um, uh, the other uh, rankings, I don't think Trey Young will ever leave the second round. Um, he could be a late first rounder, but um, especially in points leagues anyway, uh, in our points league. Um, but yeah, I just can't see that happening. And I, I just thought for, um, you know, going one, two, three, I can't see Bam Adebayo ever leaving the third round from here on out. I like it. Um, I, I see him actually more as a late second, early third, but I can't see him leaving the third it's good. Yeah. I, li- I, li- I like the the finished position, and and I think you're probably on point. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting, but when we look at the best picks this year, um, I think both all the three you mentioned in terms of Bam, um, Doncic, and Trey Young are Definitely. all guys that went way too late. And yeah. I think Doncic went really 17 in our league, and yeah. at the time, I thought it was a a fair pick. I mean, that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if not anything, a little bit probably early based on a lot of people's rankings and he's, he's a top five pick every, yeah. every year for the foreseeable future. So, um, cool. I'll bang through the, the other three future ones I had just before we kind of sign off. But, um, <laughs> it'd be interesting to get your, your take on this one a little bit, but I have down if, if Brooklyn keep healthy, um, and they need the seventh, position because I think if they're up against the Bucks, um, it's no good. But if they keep healthy and they finish seventh, sorry, not eighth, um, they're a frisky first round um, playoff thing, whether it be against Boston, um, Miami, 76ers if they get their shit together. I think they'll be frisky first round because the gap between sixth and seventh at the moment is huge. Yeah. Like um, – you know, it's about five or six games. So sixes are sixth and they're 26 wins. Magic are seventh and they're 19 wins. Yeah. So there's a, there's a big gap. Um, Nets are 18 at the moment, I think. You if, reckon Kyrie has that much of an impact? Um, um, you know, the, the, the pieces are all sort of 
fallen into place and everything? Or I think they can fall yeah. into place. Is, yeah. what I, is what I'm saying. I, I, I don't want to say they will. This year is obviously a bit of a gap year um, until KD returns, but um, I just don't think they're going to be an absolute pushover if they win. And I think that's fair. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like it. Okay, next. I went, just while we're talking about our own teams, I, I think Raptors can make the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, and that's my outlandish um, stretch prediction. Uh, it's all good because I think you might have made the same prediction last year and they won the whole thing. So yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. That was, that was right on the money. Let's keep this rolling, boys. <laughs> um, last... Two in a row. Two in a row. <laughs> two Pete. <laughs> Anyway, like go on, it. sorry. No, you're good. Last two, quickly. I think the rookie class has been a bit boring this year. Yeah. Apart from, I mean, weird timing. I wrote this before. Ja Morant went insane yesterday. So fun. But in terms of like some of the capacity, I think the rookie class is going to be really, really fun to for in the back end of the season. I think we've got Zion returning. I think Culver starting, and especially if the, the Wolves get a little bit frisky. Or, Garland stepping up. Um, Garland's playing good. I mean, Hachimura's going to come back from injury. I'm so looking forward Zion. To, to Knicks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Zion. <laughs> Sorry, just um, no, you can, you can say it the, twice. Because say, say the Knicks, then I, I just want to like rant on Zion really quick. Okay, well, I just think if, if the Knicks go like full tank and they just go RJ Barrett, I mean, it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, Zion. I am... I'm getting wet at the thought of Zion doing his first hammer dunk on the 22nd. Oh my god! It's just—it's been a long wait. First quarter, sure. Like there's gonna be a dunk, and then the whole. I thought I thought he was gonna be premiering this this Friday our time. Um, I like yeah, cleared my schedule, yeah, and then they pushed yeah, it back. But. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? I'm 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 frothing. Yeah. Well, there's been yeah. talk about this rookie class compared to some of the others, and. Um, I think we're going to get a, a much better look over the next. Do you think? Um, four do you months. think Zion's the next generational talent? Really quick. I I did, and I should still do. Yeah. Yeah. You just you worry about the injuries and stuff like was, that. But I mean, like, it's yeah. it's hard for anyone not to look at the way it started and just have a little bit of concern. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. we saw it with Simmons, and we saw it with um, Griffin. But it just feels a little bit different. Yeah. I think. But yeah. Um, the last one I had was that the Thunder make a move to get better, not worse. Really? Yeah. I like that one. That was a um, bit of it out there. Like but. I said, they're, they're achieving a lot better than I expected. Um, and I, Shea's going to be a special player. Well, I, I think, you know, they've got so many picks and they've been so good. And I don't think you move Chris Paul or just for the sake of it. And I think looking at the West, I think there's a potential that they, they look at their roster and say, you know what, it might... We've, we've got the capacity to 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 try and leverage what we've got left of Chris Paul and Garanari and um, give back to the fans and yeah you know the whole, the whole set up so well for the future. Yeah. I mean I don't think it's like realistic that they really get it a shot, but I mean you can look at the the Raptors kind of um, blueprint and saying you just get yourself there and um, you never know and they've got nothing to lose, man. Yeah, I don't I don't see a benefit of them. Um, trading away Gallinari or Chris Paul for more like draft picks, but yeah. yeah. Sorry about my dogs. That's all right. Yeah, it's yeah. been good so yeah. far. It's yeah, been they're, fine. they're doing so well. <laughs> they're so cute. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> Little caboodles, Archie and Willow. They're, they're saying hello now. 
<laughs> it's um, worked well. Yeah, yeah. This would yeah. be a good sign-off. So yeah, you can, you can bark again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's been a pleasure, Dan. Thank you so much. It's been too long in between, and um, you got to make really this good. more often. Yeah. Like, let's let's start some sort of like fantasy basketball company. Um, let's do it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. All right. right. I'll, I'll write better reviews than ESPN do for their fantasy outlook. Yeah. But, um, I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, thank you. No and worries. And cheers everyone for listening. It's, um, it's been good and we'll try and punch out a few more a little bit um, more regularly. But we're halfway through the season and it's been a good one so far. So we're really interested to see how it pans out. Um, and thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Eh? Yep. Go Raptors. <laughs>